This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome back to the Hammers Unrestricted Podcast. We've got more Euro 2020 chat for you this week on the back of one of the best weeks in the history of English football. A solid 2-0 win at Wembley over Germany, followed by an emphatic 4-0 quarter-final victory in Rome against Ukraine. It's Denmark next for us on Wednesday at Wembley, with a potential final against Italy or Spain should we get through. These were exciting times for us England supporters, and Jimmy's back this week to discuss it all with me. Jimbo, what a week, mate. Oh, what a week. What a week indeed. I don't know where we're going to start with this. There's so many places to go, but obviously over the moon. And I cannot wait for that semi-final at Wembley. It's going to be Scenesward. Let's start with Germany at Wembley. Uh, Gareth went with a back three with wing backs. He went with the two holding midfielders and the three up top. Saka getting the nod over Foden or Sancho. Uh, Jim, it was, it was the right call, wasn't it? I think he put the perfect team out. I think we've done exactly what I asked him to do. Jack Grealish coming on, affecting the game at the end. Uh, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I think we've done our pre-match review and we all wanted the attacking players to play, but that's not how competition football works. Sometimes you have to adjust for your position in the tournament. Portugal play back for and get exposed. So, you know what? Gareth got that right and he wasn't a popular man. Look, after the... After the game, he said in an interview, it would have been his head on the line if we'd lost. Um, but you know what? We got the result and fair play to him because he knew. He, put his, he knew what the consequences were and, yeah, stuck to his guns. Brave decision to go five at the back, wasn't it? I know it was what none of us were calling out for, but realistically, it was the right thing to do to go toe-to-toe with Germany. Couldn't really get more perfect than that, really, could it? You know, Jack Grealish coming on, being involved in both goals, getting the assist for the second one. Harry Kane finally scoring and obviously went on to have a great game against the Ukraine, but we can get on to that shortly. Declan Rice, I thought, was excellent again in the middle. Um, we're going to touch on that as it is a, a West Ham podcast, if you like. I'm just going to read you out his stats from the game, Jim. So, Declan Rice's game by numbers against Germany. 95% of passes were, were completed accurately. 56 total touches, four tackles, three interceptions, one clearance and one chance created. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, with regards to the game itself, I felt like we didn't start great. Um, we started on the back foot. Him in particular, actually, he gave the ball away a couple of times in the first 10 minutes. Obviously, there was that foul he gave away, which could have so easily been a red card. But he did turn it around, didn't he? I mean, yeah, I think a lot of his work goes unnoticed. I think a lot of people are getting praise in this England team. Of course, pretty much everyone um, is doing really well. I think Rice is kind of a bit under the radar. I mean, is he playing his best football? No, because I don't think he has the licence to do what he does for England, what he do for West Ham. But you know what? He, he's still, like you said, putting up good passing and tackling numbers. And you know what? His work's going a bit under the radar. I'm fine with that because he is still playing an important role. Um, I know Henderson's coming on for him a bit earlier and earlier. So hopefully that's not a sign of things to come. But you know what? As long as he keeps doing what he's doing, I think his role to the team is really important. And like I said, I don't think he's going to grab any headlines. I know he had a great shot against Ukraine. Had some swaz on it. I think he just needs to keep doing what he's doing. I mean, us saying that, it's not to undermine the work by Calvin Phillips. Um, West Ham fans and Leeds fans have argued all season about who's the better player because one of them's going to play in the Euros. Um, 
Gareth Southgate's gone solid. I'm going to put them both in together because they're both quality players and he was right to do so. I saw a stat earlier. Calvin Phillips has made the most passes in the opposition half and made the most recoveries out of any English player at the whole championship. So, you know, let's not undermine his work as well. He's been absolutely fantastic. He also picked up a booking uh, in the first half of this game. Coming up against the midfield of Goretzka, uh, Tony Cruz, players like Kimmich in there as well. I thought they showed excellent maturity, the pair of them, um, to actually you know, keep their heads, not pick up that fatal second booking, uh, even doing so against the Ukraine, not getting booked as well. But they just showed maturity beyond their years in this game, I think. They came up against some real top-class players. And um, one of them actually made an announcement after the game that you texted me about, didn't you? Uh, that was Tony Cruz. I'm not going to say Declan Rice, retired, the World Cup winner, set mid legend, the German enigma, Tony Cruz. I'm not going to say that, but he retired him. Was he? Was Are they linked? I don't know. I don't know. It looks likely, but I can't <laughs> confirm. It is just speculation at this point. Um, but yeah, I think, especially the midfield, they just had too much energy. And mm. I think the legs were starting to show for them in the middle. Uh, I thought they played really well. It was on a knife edge the whole game. Like you said, we didn't start great. But then I feel like we just grew in belief. And you've got to think this is a young England side. One of the youngest we've ever had at a tournament. And you know what? They're going to be nervous on these big occasions. And everyone knew what it meant. Um, but yeah, they grew into the game, got on the ball a lot. And then after the half hour point, I was looking around going, we can do this. Mm. Before there was doubt, but half hour in, you're like, we've got a foothold in this. We can we can go on from here and really kick on. Yeah, I felt the exact same, really. Um, team selection was, I thought, really brave, actually, to stick with Saka. 19-year-old, um, obviously, really young. Probably never played in the bigger game. I thought that was an excellent choice to play him. Pickford, as well, we spoke about in the last episode, made a cracking save in the first half. Really commanding that back three really well. I just really got spot on, really. Like you said, it, we started shaky. Um, it was a horrible watch at times. You you did say it weren't going to be pleasant, and my God, were you spot on. But as the game went on, you're right, just growing confidence. There was a couple of chances here and there. Kane... At that one in the first half, at the very end of the half, Sterling's done well to drive at the back line. Does he take it first time when he's left foot? He opts with a touch. You're thinking, oh, is that the big opportunity? But even for him to get his goal at the end, it, it just does so many wonders for the competition. And him having gone on and scored two against the Ukraine, he's right in the mix for the golden boot now. Yeah, of course. I think, um, what, Ronaldo and is it Sheik on five? Yeah. I think that's the current stand. It might have that wrong. Um He's got every chance. I mean, look, Kane hasn't been in his best in the group stage, but look, if he really comes into his own, there's no reason we can't go all the way because he hasn't been at his best. But that goal against Germany just gives him so much confidence. I mean, people, I wasn't definitely calling for him to get dropped, but people were looking at it going, should he get the full 90 every game? Of course, no one's calling him to be dropped, but they're thinking, you know what? We might have to go in a different direction. Um, but that puts any of that doubt, shuts them up. And, yeah, it just means a world of confidence going into this Denmark game. Hopefully he can get another because we need, if we're going to win this against either Spain or Italy, we're going to need Kane at his best. Yeah, definitely. Uh, going on to the other, Harry, I thought Maguire was absolutely brilliant. Just brings such a calming presence to the back line. Um, can't think of any real big chances for the Germans, apart from obviously Müller's miss, which is just brilliant to see. Uh, cracking save as well in the second half from uh, Pickford for a Havertz half volley. Um, as well as the save in the first half. Overall, one of the that that will go down as probably the the best performance at the New Wembley. Like that is the first real iconic historic performance to happen at that ground since we since we moved there. It's taken a while, but you know, 
like you and I said before, we've never we've never beaten a big name really, like in a knockout phase of a competition. We finally got it. It felt amazing. Like we were don't don't get me wrong, like we were buzzing off that for days. Like it's all anyone could really speak about in the country. The whole country is on up right now. Um and more reason for that is the emphatic 4-0 performance away in Rome the other night. Um, what did you make of that, mate? I mean, I couldn't believe it. I mean, barely just cracked open a beer. First half, just about kicking off and there's already a goal. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Sterling, lovely jinking run. Slides in came. Smart finish. And then that's got Ukraine's game plan out the window. They would have said, keep it tight. We're going to mm-hmm. sit back, soak it up. Hopefully it on the counter. That just ruins the whole game plan. And instantly, you're like, they're fucked. They, they've got nothing. They've got to come out. The second they start coming out, we'll be in behind. Yeah. It just opened the game up perfectly. And I think that was the reason why we could push on get four. I think in terms of like a quarterfinal or a knockout of a competition, we faced Sweden in the uh, 2018 World Cup in Russia. And that was pretty straightforward. Pickford made a few saves from what I can remember. Um, Maguire and Dele Alli both scored headers. But you can't, you're thinking at that moment in time, is it ever going to be this easy again for us in like a knockout phase of a competition to just go for a team? My God, was this easy. Like, you know, no no disrespect to the Ukraine. They've obviously had a good competition. Like, we watched them in the first game together against the Netherlands when they came back, ultimately still lost the game. But, you know, it's it's just mad. Like, I couldn't believe how easy this was for us and how how well we, we managed to cope with it. Um, again, Kane scoring twice, nearly scoring a, probably the goal of the tournament, let's be honest, the, the volley, which was brilliantly saved. Maguire getting another goal in the quarterfinal. I think he's now the only... I think Lineker said this, the only English defender to ever score in the quarterfinal of a World Cup and a Euros. A cracking stat, really. Um, and Jordan Enson even coming on, you know, getting his first goal after his 62nd cap. That's been doing the rounds this week. I'm happy for him because, you know, he did nick the ball off of Calvert-Lewin in that last friendly before the competition because he was obviously desperate to make an impact and show that he could do something in the team. But the passion for him as well when he celebrated that goal, I just thought it was class, mate. This, this group of players overall, I just love them. And we are on the cusp of something really special, I think, to be honest with you. These big characters in the team, Maguire, Henderson, they're back fit at the right time. And like you said, you could see it in Henderson's face how much it meant to him. Same with Maguire. I mean, I feel like they're real England supporters, even if they weren't players. I remember Harry Maguire flying out after his family uh, to the World Cup. I mean, they really do love the team. Mm. And yeah, I don't think we have any major injuries at the moment. It just seems to be a happy camp. And everyone's behind the team look at the country now everyone's behind it all the tabloids behind it we've got the Germany win in the bank Southgate's got credit I mean it's just going perfectly so far I think another massive compliment to Peter Declan Rice as well is the fact that he was the first player subbed off at that time as well in the game um, obviously a key member of the squad now for Southgate I just want to read out some of his stats from overall for the competition He's joint first for tackles one. He's made the second most interceptions, second most recoveries. His passing overall has been 91.66%. He's covered 43.2 kilometres in all of the matches combined. That's the third highest despite being taken off. Um, progressive passes is actually second as well. So despite all these people saying that he's only playing sideways, he's played the second most progressive passes for the team in the competition. I think behind Calvin Phillips in fairness, but... It's just mental to see like this this young team of players who are so inexperienced on the international stage doing so well. Like I heard a crazy stat like Calvin Phillips has only ever played two professional games outside of England. One of them was the other night. That's just crazy in itself. Uh, Luke Shaw deserves a mention. 
absolutely brilliant the other day, getting the assists, you know, the whole story of him, the leg break, Mourinho writing him off, the comeback and everything. To go and perform like that in Mourinho's new stadium in Rome, I think is just brilliant. And it just, I don't know, even Jaden Sancho, there's there's so many people that talk about here. Jaden Sancho was excellent, so exciting the other night. It's, it's one of the first times my dad's actually seen him play and he was like, Jesus Christ, he is some player. I was like, he's just signed for Man United for 75 million and he was gutted. But you've been calling for Sancho for weeks, actually. What did you think of him? I mean, it wasn't his best ever performance, but we saw his glimpses. You could see mm. what he was capable of. There was a few times he goes around a few players. Um, but yeah, I feel like Southgate's managed the squad well. I think he's kept everyone happy. He's given most people minutes because I think Saka's going around now happy as Larry. He's had his minutes. You know, Grealish come in there. And Foden can't be too annoyed. He's started a few games. He's done it very well. That I don't think there'll be any sort of bad eggs behind the scenes going, why isn't he playing me? Why isn't he doing this? I think Gareth's really, he's used his squad well because we were all saying before the tournament, the abundance of attacking quality we had and we were sort of nailing on three starters. But that isn't the case now. He's got no. options and he's using them and he's using them wisely. Um, who... who we're going to use for the next game. Not too sure, but I feel like with the options and the way he's picked them so far, I think that he's going to pick a good team um, that's going to win the next game. I think it's the right winger, isn't it? Which is up for grabs, really. Sterling's obviously nailed on. Proving everyone wrong, by the way, Southgate with I that. Think I'll take Cam and right mid. Okay. I think Mount maybe... May, Mount takes that centre-attacking mid-position, I think, sitting ahead of Rice and Phillips, but... I think Sterling's a guarantee. Um, was nowhere near my 11. Was on the bench, obviously, um, for the start of the competition for me, but proving everyone wrong. You know what? It's, it's, you're rubbing your hands. And I, I'll just, I just want to make this point clear. There was obviously a dip in form for City um, around February, but, you know, I think football fans are obviously short in memory, if you like, me being one of them. He'd actually scored 80 goals in 150 games in his previous 150 games for City before his dip in form in February. Um, February 2021. In his last 21 England games, Sterling has scored 15 goals and seven assists. So he's probably the first name on the sheet and arguably the player of the tournament. He could still win the golden boot as well, obviously. Um, we'll get on to the Denmark game in a minute, but I just want to make a quick mention for Southgate, as you've said there. He just always seems to say the right thing, doesn't he? Like he always said, like after the Germany game, straight away, calm everyone down. Yeah, cracking day, brilliant result. It's all for nothing if we don't win the next game. Okay, so we've gone and won our next game. Everyone's buzzing about a semi-final. And he's he's utilising all these players. He's brought on Bellingham. He's able to to rest a few. His Trippier's got another run out. Calvert-Lewin, sorry, he's, he's finally got on, which I thought was a nice touch. But his first thought after the game is, I'm concerned about the players that aren't playing and about keeping them happy. It says a lot about him, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't think it was ever a question of Gareth Southgate's personality. I think he was the one that galvanised the country to support him again and was sort of relatable. Uh, I think there were criticisms that he's mostly faced is if he's um, tacti tactically astute enough um, to come out in the big games and win them. And up until this point, he hadn't. I mean, you know, the Croatia game, the Nations League, when it was really asked of him, he didn't come up with the goods, tactically, anyway. Uh, mm. But he still kept the harmony still, even through that. Even still through that, he did keep harmony uh, in the squad and really with the country, really. I mean... He's done a great job PR-wise for the FA as well. He must be a dream to work with for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I think he's earned a bit of credit now. 
because there was us, there's still doubts. Well, there was doubts of the World Cup run. Who did we beat? That was yeah. the big looming yeah. question over it. And yeah, the way he's going to win over the public is just by big victories. And you know what? Germany's a big one. Ukraine, that's a statement of 4 0. And yeah, he's just got to do the business against Denmark. And you know what? Whoever we face in the final, they're going to have a game on their hands. <laughs> You're that confident we're going to make the final, are you? We're going to breeze past this next round. It's never a breeze. It's never a breeze in international football. But we are favourites. We'll move on to Denmark on that. um, Because, you know, you've you've put a nice little bow on that for us there. Um, There's no such thing as an easy game in international football. You're right. Denmark are a good side, mate. Um, You know, they've shown a lot of character this competition with, you know, regards to what happened to Christian Eriksen. And, you know, Losing their first two games, they find themselves in the semi-final. That's obviously no fluke. They've, they've done really well. Quick word on them then. The, the last two times we've played them, we haven't beat them. They beat us at Wembley. They're one of the only teams to have done that in a very long time. Christian Eriksen penalty granted. And we drew nil-nil away to them. Obviously, the game at home, um, Harry Maguire had all of that stuff going on last summer where he'd been abroad and been arrested. He got a red card for two silly yellows in the first half. I think I'm right in saying in the other fixture in Copenhagen, Gareth, first of all, tried out this 3-4-3 formation, which now we're seeing him use a bit more often. And Calvin Phillips got his first start for England as well. So it was obviously a time when he's experimenting. I do feel like we're a lot more confident than we were at that time. But it's not an easy game, is it? You got any thoughts going into this one? It's going to be interesting to see what he picks because Denmark typically playing five at the back. Um, normally have five giants at the back. Let's see if he matches them up or if he goes four at the back. Uh, I'm still not sure what the right decision would be. Probably four at the back. I think he should be positive. Mm. Um, but what I would say about Denmark is their defence. I mean, you've got Christiansen on his day in a three is good. Vestergaard, Kier... And then you've got Miley, who I've just learned through fantasy football this year. He's got a few points for me. Player, uh, and then you've got Delaney and Hoiberg. Again, protectors. I mean, they're, they're, they're big boys. A lot of six foot plus in there. I think set pieces, we're going to have to be extra careful uh, for that. Mm. I don't see him getting done on a cheap set piece. I'll say it now. You'll see Maguire come up and score. No doubt. There's no reason to be fearful of Denmark, but they have enough that we need to be respectful. Yeah, you've mentioned some good players there. As well as that, they've got this young lad, Damsgaard, who's come in, been one of their players at the tournament who came in for Ericsson. Braithwaite, who all right, technically is an ex-Barcelona player. I think he's still under contract there. He's obviously not Barcelona standard, but he has played for them, so you can't really knock him. Paulson's obviously another good striker who can come on and do some damage. You've got Vass, who plays for Valencia. Anderson has barely got a sniff, who's been excellent for Fulham this year in the back line. Uh, once you get past their whole 11, you've got one of the best goalkeepers, arguably, in the world in goal, in Kasper Schmeichel, who, you know, is, is, did you see his save, by the way, against the Czech Republic from Suchek, where the cross has come in and he's got a fingertip to it? Mate, brilliant. He's like been one of their good players as well this tournament. He's a real leader. Obviously, he's been through quite a lot of regards to what's happened at Leicester over the last few years, and he's been an integral part of their team. So, you know, no easy... Um, no easy way through this game whatsoever. It's probably going to be one of our more, well, aside from Germany, is probably the most difficult game of the competition for us. I was going to ask you your thoughts on the lineup, but whatever we normally try and pick is what we want to pick, and Southgate always goes against the norm. So let's try and work out together here what he's going to go for. Is he going to play a back three? Is he going to play four at the back? What do you think? I think back four for me. Uh, I think he's got to be positive. I think the cover of Rice and Phillips which is confirmed now. I think they offer enough 
protection um, to the back four. And at times with Rice and Phillips sitting so deep, you know, there's even Walker goes up on one side or Shaw on the other. It normally is still five at the back even. So uh, for me, I'd, I'd hope that he'd play four at the back. I don't understand yeah. if he wants to match him up again, but I'd like to see him be a bit more positive. Of course, I think Rice and Phillips start. I think that's nailed on. I think Sterling Kane, again, nailed on. Only places up for debate for me is right mid and Cam. Um, I, I, it all depends on fitness. Obviously, I'd love to see Grealish play. I think this could be a good game from him. Same with Sancho. I'm going to probably put... I, then that's the problem. I'm not hard, even talking about it's Foden hard. at the moment at all. I'm not even speaking about Foden at the moment. It's been two games mm. and he was superb the first two. You saw him grab hold of Jack Will, uh, Jack Grealish. He said Jack Will shit him. <laughs> you see him grab hold of Grealish at the end of the game, um, whispering his ear straight away at the end of the Ukraine game. You know, he's obviously saying to him there, you haven't gotten today, but you're going to have a big part to play next game, I think. And you know what? I'm happy. In, I'm happy with him coming off the bench for some reason because of how, how, how good he was against the Germans and obviously it's such a massive impact he made. I'm happy of him coming off the bench, but you know, I wouldn't obviously care if he started him. I, I think Saka obviously is in the conversation as well. I don't see him starting Sancho. I think this was his, I think this was his, you know, him playing Sancho against Ukraine was his way of saying he's had his run sort of thing. Like I can use him off the bench when I need to, but I think that was more just to please a lot of people and to please Sancho himself. But, you know, we can't really complain with it. Like he can only, he's only got a couple of spots up for, up for selection, up for debate. So I thought um, I thought it was nice for him to play Sancho. It was good for him to give him a run out, but I can't see him getting the start in this game. I think it is going to be between uh, Phil Foden uh, and Saka, if I'm being completely honest with you, if Saka's up to full fitness. I think it was such a big thing, him starting Saka against the Germans. It was such like a, it, it put so much trust in him. You know, that, that was such a massive game. If you got that wrong, not only are we out of the competition, his job's gone and he's, he's playing a 19-year-old Saka. You know, I think that, that says quite a lot. He must be really high in his estimation. So we, we could see him start again. Mason Mount, for me, starts in that cam position. There's nobody else. Mason Mount has to start. He does so much good work off the ball. Um, he gave him a full 90 the other night, I think, in preparation for this as well, because obviously he hadn't played in the last two games. So just to get his legs going again, Mason Mount has to start for me. Absolutely. No, I agree with that. Mason in the middle um, does make a lot of sense. On the right mid, Saka, if they're playing... Five at the back, you know, he can track the wing back nicely. Mm. It depends if you'd prefer that or have sort of ball progression skills of Foden. It's sort of, it's horses for courses. I don't know. It depends how you see the game going or if you think we're going to have more of the ball or if you're worried about um, the wing back situation, which we have seen Gareth be concerned about in the past and adjust accordingly. So, you know, what? I'm going to leave that one up to Gareth. Yeah, and, uh, I that's fair. I'm not going to give yeah, my prediction on that because... Every time I give this prediction, it keeps coming out wrong. But he keeps, <laughs> he keeps smashing it. So keeps getting it right, I'm, doesn't he? He keeps getting it right. I've, I've got full faith in him now. So I yeah. do too. Quick mention then for the other semi-final. Uh, cracking game we've got coming up the day before. We've got Spain versus Italy. Um, personally, I can't see past the Italians. Don't know about you. I mean, since they played on the first day, I think everyone's been talking about them as tournament favourites to be honest no one did before that game but they put down a statement every single group game uh, I know they had a little trouble against their round of 16 opponents 
not springing to mind. I think it was Austria. Yep. Um, went to extra time that one, but they've looked good. I mean, against the Belgians, they're really good. And yeah, you know what? I can't see past um, Italy. I, I, I know Spain have a lot of good players, but they haven't looked at their best. I think they need a striker in the middle to really um, put away a few of these chances. Don't think Murata's the man. Or Moreno when he came on the other day wasn't all that against Croatia. Oh, sorry, Switzerland. Italy in the final. You know what? That'd be a hell of a game at Wembley. No one could say if we did win, it was easy because that is going to be a hard game. Mm. Um, but you know what? Just got to focus on their part for now. I think you mentioned him. You mentioned the Spanish just now. Um, I think the the best way to look at them is the fact that Enrique doesn't even know his best back line yet. Like he he was starting Lorente right back for the first couple of games, got that wrong. So he's brought Aspilicueta back in, who's been excellent, even scored a goal. Uh, Jordi Alba's been in and out of the team. That might have been for resting purposes. But his centre-halves in particular, he keeps changing them over. Pau Torres, Laporte, both left-footed. Keeps playing Laporte on the right-hand side of that. You know, he, he doesn't really know what to do. And Morata's been all right for them, to be fair. Like, he's never stopped working. And I said to one of the boys the other day, I never knew he had that pace. Watching him in the um, in the Croatia game when they scored five. Brilliant game of football, that was. Um, but I'd never, never knew he had that sort of pace. And, you know, he's... I think as English fans, we think of him for his time at Chelsea. Um, and he was obviously a flop, wasn't he? And not done too much elsewhere. But he's obviously a cracking player. But I would much rather come up against him than come up against Immobile, Insigne, uh, Chiesa, Barella, Locatelli. You know, all these brilliant Serie A players who are just really lighting up the competition. And I've got to be honest, I don't know if I see us beating the Italians, but with our back line and with, you know, the way we've, we haven't conceded a goal yet, you know, we've gone seven games now without conceding the goal. I think that's a record for England as well. To do that in a competition, they must feel so confident and to be playing at home as well. So I think it's fair that we're favourites for the competition overall, but I would not want to be facing the Italians personally. Yeah, I think it'll be a hell of a game. Uh, I think that advantage being at Wembley, might just see us over the line. I mean, by then, that's 60,000. And you've got to think, well, they should all be sporting England, really. I know they've a little way allocation, but the sound that is going to be coming from that place, I think it'll be very different to the Germany game. I see that being all action. They love to press high. Uh, I think we'll get at them as well. I think it'd be a cracker. I think it, honestly, I think that has all the makings of a classic. But first, they've got to beat Spain and then we've got to beat Denmark. So, yeah, still got to do our jobs. But honestly, that on paper, that looks like the game of the tournament. We'll, we'll wrap up the um, chat for now with a quick prediction of the Denmark game. Um, I'll go first because I think you're still thinking. I'm going to gonna go for an England win, um, despite my hesitation earlier on. I think that performance the other night was so good. Um, it was emphatic and... At the same time, Southgate is the perfect man to bring them down the level and just you know put put a lid on that and go right. Okay, let's focus on the game in hand now. Forget about that and move on. I think we're going to do a professional job. Um, I just don't think you can look past a team that hasn't conceded the goal for seven games. I'm not saying I'm not saying we're not going to concede. We could very well concede, but I'm going to give my prediction two 0 to England, and I think Harry Kane's going to score both of them. So you're predicting two 0 So you're saying we're not going to concede. Yeah, I'm chatting bollocks here, and I, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I'm going 2 0 as well because I'll say it now we're not conceding. Um, <laughs> Pickford between the sticks, solid, safe hands. <laughs> right. Uh, I'll go, I'll go, Kane. 
early. Mm. Um, and then maybe like a Grealish off the bench. I think uh, impact sub, whoever doesn't start, whether it be Grealish, Saka, Sancho, Foden, uh, whoever comes on off on the bench will get the late one just to seal it up. I, I think uh, Grealish wins a penalty this game. I think and Kane just absolutely buries it. I can see that happening. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I think that's uh, pretty much everything, mate. We've, we've absolutely smashed it this week, covered all aspects of England, uh, looking ahead to the semi-final and the final. Any last words, Jim, before we uh, take on the Danes on Wednesday night? Three lines on a shirt. Jules remain still gleaming. It's coming home. <laughs> Jimbo, I'll see you Wednesday, mate. <laughs>